Um, I was silently praying, like, let this be one of those meetings where worship just goes. And Andre says, actually, there's no time for your preaching. I'm like, come on. Um, And I think we could have easily gone that way. I think worship was really powerful this morning. Um, I love what Andre said when he said, um, like, God actually wants intimacy. God wants, and I had this picture of God saying, like, look up to me, and you will see me smiling down on you. And I looked up and immediately, and no disrespect to my earthly dad, but I I saw a picture of my earthly dad, and he doesn't smile on me. Um, And in that moment, I just felt God say, like, he wants to bring a shift, actually, that we don't see him through our earthly fathers or earthly people, but actually see God for who God is. Um, And I was wondering, because this morning, everything's been about God wants intimacy and God's character. And I'm like, yo, God, what I want to speak on I don't actually know if that ties in with that. Um, but in that, I felt God say, actually it does. Like, I want to bring a shift. So I'm speaking on trials. Um, the different stages of trials. Um, and I felt God just say, like, for too long, we've seen trials as, as a negative thing. Um, we've seen trials as, oh, I've done something wrong, and now I'm in this trial. And I think for me, often, because of the way I grew up, Trials was kind of self-inflicted in a sense. It was, if anything was going wrong, it was my fault. It was me. So now to come to a place where I'm like, actually, God gives us trials to, to grow us, to mature us. Um, so yeah, so I am trusting this morning, um, as I woke up, Nina said to me, um, babe, when you are saying, when you're speaking about trials, because one of the things is the preparation when God prepares us for a trial. Um, she said to me, babe, are you speaking about us specifically, that God is preparing us, or are you saying that it's a, a ballpark thing of God will always prepare us for a trial? And instantly I was like, oh, I believe God will always prepare us for a trial. And then my wife, being the faithful one she is, she says, do you have scripture to back that up? And I was like, oh, babe, I'm trying to concentrate. I can't speak to you now. And um, I went inside, and, and I really spoke to God, and I said, God, like, actually... What is it? And, and I really felt God say, like, leave that question open-ended. And I'm trusting by the end of this that we can, for each for ourselves, actually answer that question and say, is it a thing that God actually prepares us for trials? Um, so when I look at Donnie and Yohandre, so they are elders, um, our preachers in the house, and I think they're really great preachers. I'm not a, I don't like preaching. I like standing on that side with my eyes closed, looking to the band, not looking to you guys. Um, but I've seen what Donnie and Andre does is they do these little, um, what do you call it, Ab- abbreviations. So you can skip to the next slide. So I've done one. So it's called Pada, like frog. <laughs> I was trying to get another D, but I couldn't. Um, so <laughs> sorry for the teachers. Um, so what I want to speak on first is the preparation. So I do believe in a trial, God will actually, I believe there is a preparation. Um, I, I spoke to, um, I'm not going to name them, but they're here, um, two people in the last two weeks that one person said to me, um, he went through quite a shift in work and everything, um, and he was saying to me, without knowing that I'm speaking on this, he said, you know what, my, he feels that God actually prepared his wife, because before it happened, she already started being prepared by God, and then when something happened, it was this great moment of actually there was a preparation. So there was a, 
we can actually handle this. Um, I spoke to somebody else also in this week that also just randomly brought up something and he said, but I do believe God prepared me. So I do believe there's a thing of that. Um, so, yeah, what does Scripture say about trials? Sorry, I must look at people. My wife keeps going, look this. Um, so that's probably one of the, the first one is Genesis 22, 1 to 2. And it's probably one of the, for me, the biggest, most well-known trials in the Bible. So sometime later, God tested Abram and he said to him, Abram, yeah, I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Maria, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. And I think for me, that was like, your that is, that is a trial, that is a big trial. Um, but then what actually happens is in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, um, God says to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And then there's another one, there's not a scripture for it, so you can just leave that up. Um, where Abram actually intercedes for Sodom. So God wants to destroy Sodom, and Abram actually goes to God, and he says, but God, I want to plead with you. And there's a scripture where it actually says he was a friend of God, so it was really an intimate intimate thing. And what I want to point out here is, or the question I want to ask is, say, in Genesis 12, when God told Abram to move, Abram was obedient, and he moved. I don't think Genesis 22, I don't know if Abram would have been able to do Genesis 22 if it wasn't first for Genesis 12. If he didn't in Genesis 12, be, if he wasn't obedient to God and actually moved and, and saw God bless him, I don't know if he in Genesis 22 could have done it. Um, so there, I think it's a preparation of actually, I don't think God gave us the biggest trial first. I think he starts gently because he's a good God. Um, but yeah, that, that is a big trial. Um, you can go to the next slide. Um, and then with regards to the acceptance, and I think in my para thing, A is the acceptance. I'll get down. Um, I think there is something of how do we accept a trial? Um, if God sees us fit for a trial, I think there is something of our side that we need to accept a trial. Um, and I believe it takes faith. And 1 Peter 4 verse 12, sorry, I'm going to do things a bit differently this morning, so there is still something coming, so I'm just trying to get through these things. Um, So 1 Peter 4 verse 12 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fury ordeal that has come come on you to test you, as though something strange was happening to you. And I think again there's a God that's warning us and saying, actually, it isn't a thing of maybe there's a trial coming or it's actually a thing of the trial is coming, so prepare yourself. Um, and I think, yeah, I think really when we talk about accepting of a trial, what, what was really good for me is if you look at the story of Job, and again, it's not a story we like to speak about. Um, when Job was tested, the scripture is very clear, and it says the enemy, sorry, the enemy actually came to God, and they were discussing this thing, and God actually said, well, you can test him. Like, actually, you can't kill him, but you can test him, and there was a thing of, if we get tested, God allows it, um, and I think for me, that's always a thing of when we, and we're gonna, I'm going to share Nana something about that, when we go into a trial, there is a sense of actually, sure, man, like, if, if God, 
if God thinks I can pass this test, surely I can pass this test. Um, you can, uh, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 10, that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And it's again that just that thing of actually trials are coming and we're okay to be weak in trials. We actually, I think God actually prefers it when we're weak so he can be strong. Um, oh, now I need water. Does anybody want a bottle of water? I always sit on that side and then I look to the front and it's like, yo, that water looks good. It's fine, I can somebody grab Okay. Holy water. Um, okay, so now we're at the D for para during the trial. And I think this is, this is when it gets hard. This is the, the part where it's actually, whether it's sickness or whether it's financial, that's when people are watching us. That's when people are saying, well, when you speak to me, you speak about God and you speak about trials and you speak about how faithful he is, but I want to watch you in the trial. Um, and I recently, um, I was still driving a motorbike, and there's this, he could be a friend of mine maybe, but not yet a friend. Um, but I really felt the Lord allowed my heart to just be friends with him, hang out with him, don't force the gospel on him, just love him. Um, obviously, he's not in church. Um, and we actually went for a bike ride to Hermanus, and on the way back, I realized like we, we had lunch at this nice little restaurant in Hermanus, we spoke about nice things. We ate nice food. And driving back, I was like, yo, Lord, like, how am I going to reach this guy? How am I actually, what am I going to show him that's different to what he knows? Um, and immediately I felt God say to me, trials. Like, that's when he's going to watch you. He's not interested in you getting on your nice motorbike, driving to Amarnas, having a nice lunch. People are watching the trials, and that's when, they, that's when they moved, when they see something out of the ordinary, when they see somebody in a sense, laugh in the face of danger, that's when it becomes appealing. Um, the one thing I've heard somebody say also is during the trial, the worst part of it is God was actually quiet. Um, and I heard somebody say the other day, and I thought it was so profound, um, if we look at schooling, there's a, there's a season where we, we get taught things, we, we get to practice things, and then there's a season of exams where actually the teacher steps back and he says, okay, well, Let's see if you can go to the next grade. And I believe in trials. That's why God's quiet. I think it's a thing of God actually saying, I've taught you, I've equipped you. Let's, let's see your faith. Let's see you do it. Um, where was I during? Yeah, and that is during. Um, you can go to the next slide. No, that, sorry, sorry, that was the slide. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And I think just there that my grace is sufficient for you. And it's a thing of, I think when we go into a trial, during the trial, we've got to realize that there's a grace. We're going to share a little bit later just about, or I'll share it now. Like, no, I'm going to share it now. now. Um, but there is, there's a supernatural grace that comes on us, and we need to tap into that. Uh, James 1, 2-3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And again, it's a thing of an exam where to go to the next grade, to go to the next thing in God, we've got 
we've got to get the pass mark. We've got to, we've got to do it. Um, and I realized while just in prepping this, like, and I've often said it and I don't pray it, I said, maybe I should change the way I pray. And instead of God saying, God, won't you come and change me? Won't you come and actually to pray and say, Lord, give me a trial. Like, actually, if that's going to cause me to grow, if that's going to cause me, if that's going to produce perseverance, then, Lord, surely a trial is a good thing. Um, and then, yeah, after the A for Potter, um, I think it's a thing. That's when we see the promise of God. That's when we can look back and say, sure, like, actually, God's hand was so in this. And I think that's what, that's what grows intimacy. That's actually getting to know the character of God. Um, and then it says, Psalm 66, For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison. This one's quite hectic. I don't think that. <laughs> and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. And there's the promise. Um, so hopefully we don't get ridden over and go through fire and water. But if we do, I think that also puts our trials into perspective. Like, actually... God will bring us to a place of abundance. And then James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood off the test of time, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And I think just practically for me, like I, I was never really good at school, um, but I recently had to do a learner's license for a motorbike. Um, and me and my friend went, and we both wrote the test, and I got like one question wrong. And I walked out of there feeling so amazing because I was like, yo, look, I passed. Like, actually, I didn't just pass. I did really well. And I think there's a promise from God in that thing also that we, once we go through a trial, we get to the other side and there is that sense of, sure, like, I've actually, we did it. Um, so, yeah, I do think what God wants to do today is actually encourage us and say, listen, change the way you see trials. Like, actually, trials is glorious. Trials is, yeah, it makes us grow. Um, and just one thing also that I heard the other day that was really good was when Jesus and his disciples was on the boat, um, obviously you know the story that they got in the middle of the dam, river, whatever sea, um, and the storm came and they were all panicking. But actually right before that, Jesus actually says to them, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. There's the promise. He said we're going to the other side. But what they didn't realize in that storm was that actually Getting to the other side was a, God already said we're going to do it. But I think in a trial, we lose focus of what God said. And we've actually, like they, if they had to tell themselves, well, actually, Jesus did say we're going to the other side. So surely we're going to make it to the other side. I think the outcome would have been very different. Um, but yeah, now. Um, what I've actually asked, I've asked Nina to come up. You can come. Um, so we are going to. I think for me, like, I love practical. I love actually, I love doctrine and the word, but I love stories. I love actually hearing, but we've now heard all these things. What does it look like today? Um, so we are going to be sharing a little bit of Nina's trial, recent, our trial, um, and we are going to bounce off each other. So please, I'm not being rude if I interrupt her. We, we do speak like that. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Is it? Yeah. Uh, so
So, uh, first thing, I love Lucas' testimony because I'm like, God speaking. Trials, trials, and God is saying something. And secondly, when I was sitting there, I felt like God remind me and want to remind you guys, don't despise the season you are in. He is always doing something. And then the third thing was, I know it's like, is this good news? This is the good news. When Jesus carries you, that is the good news. So, um, yeah, I'm actually encouraged. I'm listening to this and I'm like, it's very encouraging. And all those scriptures, that what we're going to share now, it's like it came to life for us in a six-month journey that we were in. So, oh, I can start. Okay. Um, so in 2016, um, I'm not going to explain, oh, I was sick. I was just really tired because I don't want everyone to go around to their doctors because they're feeling tired. There was a couple of other things, but I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. And um, it was terrible being in hospital when that, sur- not a surgeon, sorry, that um, doctor pulled his chair nearer to sit down. I knew what was coming because I'd gone for bone marrow biopsy. So I knew it wasn't just like a little routine test. I, I knew something was coming, um, simply because a bone marrow biopsy is not exactly just something you do because it's a good idea. And Andre and I sat there and we cried. <laughs> and we cried. And he's like, it should be me. And I'm like, no. And the elders of our church at that time came to pray for us. And suddenly there was like, a sense that God stepped in the room, not that I think he was ever out the room. I just feel there was a sense of, here we go. We've said, we've almost opened ourselves up to what's happening. And um, there was a a, a grace. I don't know if you can put on that, there's a photo. So that was the day I was diagnosed. I was discharged, we came home, and we took this selfie, and we're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this because surely if God has ordained everything, and he's sovereign... He's ordained leukemia for the Anthony's. And we want to do it, and we want to do it great. And so often I look at that photo, and I'm like, it's, it, was, it was joyous. It was really joyous. Do you want to add something? And yeah, I just, I just think going from, Nina said we cried. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a, a pretty cry. Um, I realized afterwards there was other people in the ward, shame. They must have. But it was, it was a weeping. It was immediately, I think, of movies like... Um, my sister's keeper, I don't know, you get all these cancer movies, and immediately I'm like, it's the end, my wife's dying, um, that's what happens when you get leukemia. Um, and something in that prayer of Russell was just that of actually accepting it, like actually guys, like I believe God has been training you for this, I believe God has actually, he's called you to this, like God knows you can do this. Um, and I do think even going to that photo, it went from absolute chaos to I'm losing my wife, it's over, to yeah, let's do this. And, and I remember, um, I'll skip back now and now again, I remember being in church, obviously Nina had to go into hospital, um, and on Sundays I would go to church and I'd come into church and it was quite a, um, everybody in church knew about it, and then people would come up to me and they'll be like, oh, Andre, can we, can we pray for you? Like, it must be so tough. And then I'm like, maybe I can pray for you. And, and that's the thing about that supernatural grace that comes on. And I do believe if we accept a trial, that trial actually, it's a grace that people around us can't understand. Um, it's a grace you can't explain. But I do believe in, in accepting a trial, that grace is part of the package.
So yeah, what I want to just quickly share is a few of the things in light of the, the P of para is the preparation. And just to share how actually instrumental God was in this thing. And we didn't know it at the time. But I'm trusting that looking back, yeah, that it will amaze you guys as well. Okay, so oh, I'm trying to think. It was probably three months. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, we went on an outreach to Namibia, and on the way back, oh, sorry, at the outreach to Namibia, um, someone prophesied over me, they see me pregnant, and I was like, yeah, because I wanted a third child, but she said, I think it could be spiritually pregnant, I feel like Nina's going to birth something, so I'm like, yeah, I'll birth a baby, um, so yeah, so that was the, the one, but obviously then we didn't know what was coming, so it was a baby in, in my eyes. On the way back to Cape Town from Namibia, um, a friend that was with us, she said, guys, I really, really feel the strong sense that God is speaking. And he's saying, and she looks at Andre, and she says, I feel like God's going to test you to the point where others' faith will be tested. And we're like, oh, okay. La, 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 we go along. Um, we get back, and um, we are, okay, you can share. So we, we got back, and um, I, th I think even her, like, she's, she's, very well known as a lady that hears the Lord. So there was a sense of like, okay, well, we don't know what he's doing. And, and part of what she says was that scripture of, um, I'm, no, that was the next time she said that. So she said, um, the scripture was, I'm doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? And I'm like, yo, that doesn't, like, we didn't know what to make of it. And we know with prophetic words, we, we hear it, we stash it, we bounce it off people. So we were fine. Um, we got back from Namibia, I think the Monday, the Tuesday morning, we had a men's prayer meeting. Um, and there was two guys in the prayer meeting that they, they never pray. Like, I used to think they really just come for the coffee. Like, it's really just, they come and they sit there, they have coffee and then they leave. And that morning we were praying and one of them comes to me. Oh, he came to me before the meeting. Um, and he said to me, um, I've actually got a word for you. And I'm like, yo, like, wow. Um, and he says to me, I don't know what it is, but I feel like God's saying he's going to test you and other people will be tested through it. Now I'm like, yo, that is, that's weird. Um, and we go on in our prayer meeting and like halfway through the prayer meeting, the other guy that never speaks says, um, Andra, I actually feel I have a word for you. And I'm like, mm. and he says, um, I feel God wants to test you, but other people's faith will be tested. Now I'm like, oh, he's a dumb. Um, and I remember after the prayer meeting going to Nina in the room and I'm like, babe, we're in trouble. Like one of our girls are, <laughs> one of our girls are dying. Something big is about to happen. Like we're in trouble. Um, and I think then we, we kind of took it a bit more serious. You can. Um, and then we had friends. So life goes on. You can't hang around. Oh, God, what are you doing? So we had friends from Namibia come visit, and they want to get their daughter slotted into the, a college in the waterfront. And we go to City Bowl, Josh Jen, to introduce her. And after worship, Andre comes to sit down, but he's like so pale. I'm like, are you okay? He says, no, I'll speak to you later. Okay. We go out afterwards. We go to the beach. My beloved does not do the beach. Um, and he pulls up his pants and he's like frolicking with the girls in the water. I'm like, yo, you seriously like bragging? And I'm like, that evening, I'm like, what is your deal? He's like, I felt like God speak to me in worship and he told me, you're a great father, but I want you to be a mother. So I'm like, 
yes, yes. Um, and that was him frolicking in the waves, not to impress anyone, but he was now being the mother that God asked him to be. And I think that was the thing, like, actually, can I, can I nurture? Can I, I mean, if my kids get hurt, I'm like, it's not bleeding, just get over it. Like, can I actually be that one that goes down and like, oh, shame, peace, my liffies, like, um, and even that's the thing, like, we always, when it's at the beach, I'm like, well, but that's your, that's your department, like, I'm not, um, so it was beautiful, and even then I was like, your God, like, I don't know, but God said it was so much conviction that I didn't know what it means, but I knew actually, like, now is the time that I've got to do what God says to me, um, you can do that one. Um, okay, so this didn't all happen, like, a day apart, it was over, I would say, about six months, so we never even linked the prophetic, you know, what God was saying to each other, it was all just, you know, God speaking, um, we had some friends over, and we started praying, and they were praying about wells, and the power of God, and like stuff, and yeah, great stuff, and I felt like one of those guys at the prayer meeting, there was like nothing, 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 and I closed my eyes, and yeah, it was like two, three hours, and eventually I just went, like I nodded off, but it was an instant, and God showed me the, a picture of the woman that grabbed the shawl of Jesus, and I knew it was a faith that healed, and I was like, what does that mean? In light of praying about wells and God's power, I just don't know how this woman fits into it. But I'm I share what I feel God's saying, and that was the end of the evening. Um, that was like almost a whole year. That was actually before all of this. This was a year before the time. So I'd actually forgotten about that. It was a random picture I saw. That I will tie in later. Oh, um, so when I say God's always speaking, I don't mean like audibly, like he's always stirring, he's always doing something if you would just incline your ear or your heart. And in that stage, I was feeling like a very ineffective Christian. I, we'd been saved for three, four years, and I'd read about Paul's, like the Grace Paul experienced in jail, being whipped and all kinds of stuff, and I, I wanted it deeply, and it was weird, because who would want to go through something like that, but I was like, God, I can't relate to the Grace Paul experiences, and I want to, and there was this desire in my belly, there was this desire, and he's like, no, babe, just like, we've gone through a lot of stuff in our life, and we don't need anything more, and I just, I just, I couldn't shake it, and I felt just like, I didn't really have a story. I didn't have a story to tell. Yeah, my, um, before I met Jesus, there is a story, but I felt in God, besides getting saved, there wasn't, I, I, I didn't know what, yeah, there wasn't a story for me. Um, so all of that was just like, I believe, we believe that was the preparation. I'm going to put this hunger in you, and God does it. It's just, are you going to say yes? Pick me. Are you going to go like, no, 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 I don't want to go through Paul's trials. And I think that is, that, that's because I think either way the trial will come. So either you can accept it or you can kick against it. And I believe that's where you would experience no grace. So I think just with we, I spoke, so to speak about a, a bit about the acceptance, um, I spoke earlier about just Russell praying that prayer and actually something shifting in there. But I think 
And again, this, this isn't our story of how full faith we were. It's, it's God's story of how faithful he is. And there was a thing of actually, your God, like you have actually seen us fit for this trial. Like if you think we can do this, surely we can. And I remember a lot of people said it's weird, but we didn't once pray for healing. Um, we had churches in 412 from Namibia to I don't even know how many countries, Edgemead, um, doing day-long fasts, having prayer meetings, like just, we had so many people rallying for us and praying for us that we just felt like, actually, we want this trial, we want to see, and um, obviously after getting the, the shock, um, we, like I said, we really thought it's over, like you don't, there's no movie where somebody with leukemia gets healed, like, um, yeah, or we haven't seen it. Um, and we were like, okay, well, so they said, listen, we need to take you in as in tomorrow. Um, and we were like, listen, can't we just have the weekend? Like, we just want to do, I mean, our girls were small. We just want to almost make memories with our kids while, we, while they still have a mom. Um, and we decided we're going to go to the waterfront and we're going to do the aquarium and we're just going to... And I remember driving on the N1 and Nina was sitting in the back with the girls and right by that bridge by Sable by Canal Walk... Um, it felt like the presence of God all of a sudden drop in the car. Um, I've, I haven't yet experienced anything like that again. Um, but in that moment, I knew, like, God is actually here. God is, and immediately I cry. I cried in the moment. Um, and I felt, I felt God just gently sit there and actually say to me, like, Andre, do you want this cup to pass from you? And I'm like, oh, Lord, like... I know what the cup is, it's the trial. Um, are you actually saying that if, if I say no, you will give the cup to somebody else? And I really, in that moment, I believe God was saying, like, if you're not keen for this, I will take it away. I don't think maybe you want to give it to somebody else. Um, yo, and I was just like, Lord. And I remember looking back to Nina, and now I'm crying, and I'm saying, babe, like, God just spoke, and I do believe, and I explained to her what God said, and I said, I believe if we ask God now to take this away, he will instantly heal you, and we won't have to do this. And she looked at me like I was crazy, and she's like, but why would we do that? Like, if God has ordained this moment, if God sees us fit to go through this thing, surely at the end of the trial, there's something beautiful, there's something magnificent. So if I get healed now... We're never going to know what that is. And that, to me, is the acceptance of actually like, yo, man, we can fight this thing and we can get angry with God, but actually, God, what do you want to do through this? Um, that's we good. You can go. Oh. Okay. During. Well, I don't know. During. Um. Yeah, so I had to get treatment in Constantiaburg because that's a bone marrow unit, and that's like, I think, 40 or 50 kilometers away, which would have been terrible because... Uh, so I couldn't see my kids, and I was in quarantine for a month. Three months treatment, a month, in hospital, out for a week, in for a month, out for five weeks, back for your last month, and you get your transplant. And, um, yeah, no kids under 12, and... I was hoping to see my husband every day, but obviously Constantiaburg would be really difficult. And I went to go see a doctor in Cowles River, and they just built a new bone marrow unit. And he said, unfortunately, but your medical aid, you're not on that. It's not, net care is not part of the plan. 
but I will email the medical aid. And it was a one-liner because he seized me and he said, would you consider this unit? It's closer to the patient. And they responded. They said, yes. Um, that we will cover two chemos. The third chemo, we just wanted to upgrade her plan. And it was like, wow. Because actually they should levy a 20% co-payment. They didn't. And as far as I know, medical aids are pretty sticky when it comes to their... Um, so that was great. The doctor was a reborn Christian. Um, that was really great. Um, so... Um, so sorry, sorry. I think for me, just the during, even in that, from the, from the first day we set foot in the hospital, from meeting the doctor, meeting the staff, it was just like, we were amazed at just how good God is. Even the doctor, like he said to us, like, it's great to know you guys are saved because now we can actually speak faith. We can actually, and I mean, I think he prayed for us and it was just a different, it was different. Um, and I think, especially in the beginning, like every day God would just do something that was like we had this little support group called God's Got, God's Got This. Um, and it was daily, God would do something that was just like, oh man, he's so in this. And I'll never forget, they, they had to put in the port, and then they've got to put a, a line in directly into our heart. Um, and they did tell us, listen, this is quite a big thing, like you've got one chance to put it in, and they were two doctors, um, and I think the less experienced one was doing the port. And now I'm sitting there, and they're like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. And he starts, and the next moment he looks like me. He starts sweating, and he's all nervous, and he's like, you can see he's not getting this. And now I'm sitting there, and I start crying, and I'm like, Lord, I can see they're hurting my wife. I can see this isn't going the way it should be going. Like, I need you to do something. Um, and the other doctor came, the main doctor, and he was like, oh. And I, I'm like, that's not a good thing to do. And obviously, he can't take over because it's like, and he's like, well, you, you, you've just got to get it in. You've got to. Um, and instantly, the doctor looks at me and he says, are you praying? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, this thing just went in. Like, I didn't push. I didn't. It's like something just happened and it went into place. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And, and there was daily, there was something like that, something of a miraculous of just God, like, I'm a good God. Like, I'm actually going to be with you through these trials. Another uh, thing was, um, I would have a cleaner. One day, she just started confessing. I didn't even, I tried to witness to most of them, but this one I didn't. And I was like, wow, God. And she confessed, you know, that thing of, well, once I'm ready, I'm going to get to God. And I was like, um, I would encourage you, do not leave this room without getting to God, because you're going to walk out that door, and Satan's just going to lie to you again, and I was so encouraged, I'm like, your God, she comes in here, she's cleaning, la la la, and before you know it, she starts just telling me all the sins she's ever committed, and so stuff like that would happen, um, Kira's faith, so that's why I say God definitely, when he said others' faith will be tested, she was six, and 30 days for your mom to be in hospital is a very long time when you're that age. And so he encouraged her to ask God to bring mommy home earlier. And she did. And I was released on day 21, which is quite phenomenal because it takes time. You get chemo for a week. Then it takes about another week or two for your system to just knock right down. And it takes a long while for it to recover. And that's what they want. And only once it's recovered, you can be discharged. So 21 days was, because in another session, I was in for 34 days. So 
it was amazing. Yeah, so just some context. Uh, we were driving, and every morning we would say, oh, I can't, can't look at her. Um, we would drive, and we'd say, okay, let's pray for mommy. Let's, um, and I remember Kira praying, and, and I said, if you can ask God anything, what, what would you ask him? And she said, so the next day was Nina's birthday. Um, yeah, and she said, um, and she prayed, and as a six-year-old would, she said, God, I want mommy home for her birthday. And it broke my heart, because I'm like, you know, it counts at a massive high, or low, I can't remember which one, but there's no way she's going to get out in a day. Like, it can't, physically it can't happen. Um, but she prayed it, and that's what Nina says. The next day, her count shot up, and she came out, and I was like, oh, God, like, even for Kira, like that thing of sure, like I actually trusted God for this, and God came through. He he did what he said he was going to do. Um. Um, there was a mom at the school we were at, and she was attached to me like a leech through this process. And I was trusting for salvation. I was like, "Your God, maybe He's done this so that I won't mention a name, so she would get saved." And she came to us one day. She's like. You guys need to tell me, what is this? Like, how are you guys so okay with this? And we got to witness to her. She hasn't gotten saved yet. But it was stuff like that when he says God did something every day. There was just stuff all the time. It was just super radical. And um, I was excited because God was so doing something in, in his children. Um, yeah. And I, and I think for me, just with it during... Um the first month was really good. Um, there was no symptoms. Like I, every day, I would go visit Nina in the hospital, and I'd, I'd walk into the ward, and you'd hear worship. Like I actually can't believe they allowed that. Like worship playing. We had like a little coffee machine in the ward. Like it was, it was really good. Um, the second month, um, the symptoms started, and then it's things like her throat's raw. Um, obviously, the air went. Um, and she started, you must actually share this, but I think she started feeling more like the effects of the chemo and what it's doing to her. Um, and it, towards the end of the second one, um, it got really bad. And I remember they, um, obviously, so with leukemia, you've got no immunity. Um, so when people die of leukemia, it's, they die of something like a tooth abscess or an infection in the eye because your body just can't, fight it. So obviously infection is a massive risk. Um, so then this super bug thing was going around and I heard the doctor say like they've got these special red aprons that if somebody's got a bug then they put on these red aprons so everybody can know like this is highly this is hectic. Um, and I remember getting to I almost said church that day. I remember getting to the hospital and seeing them in Nina's room with these red things on and I realizing like oh um this is, this is real, and it, and it was quite bad. Um, and I remember going home that day, and it was just before the end of the session two finished. Um, and I said to God, like, I actually felt God say to me, will you release your wife to me? <laughs> and I remember saying to God, like, God, I don't want her to die, but if, if that's your plan, like, ah, I'm okay. Like, I will submit to that. I will lay it down. Um, and I think it's something of that Abram thing where, and then God said to me, like, don't worry. I'm not going to do that. Um, your wife is going to live, but you can't tell her. And I was like, what? Like, how can you? I'm standing next to my wife every day, seeing her in pain, seeing her crying, seeing her thinking she's going to die, and you're telling me I can't tell her she's going to live. And 
And I really just felt God say, like, I'm doing something in her that if you tell her she's going to live, it's actually going to prevent that from happening. Um, and I think for me, that was the hardest, going into the third month and hearing her say, like, almost like she thinks she's going to die. She, and being like, yo, I can't tell you. Um, but again, just seeing what God's done in her through that. It's like, sure, God, like, you, you, you do know best. Um, um, so in that season, um, it wasn't just all sunshine and roses, because I just do want to say there is some days that you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, so there is a very real pain involved where I missed my kids. That was probably the worst for me. Like, I really, really, really missed them. Um, and some days I just was so over seeing the same nurses and the same doctor and having a headache that won't go away and a stupid head rash and you, your, your entire digestive tract is an inflamed situation. So throat till your backside. You can't eat. You can't go to the toilet. It was just like it got... So, so some days were just excruciating. But the days that I chose when I didn't choose God, let's just say like, oh, I'm Murph now. It was the longest, painful days. And the days that I went, okay, Jesus, you're doing something. It was like, whoop. And so it was a choice. Again, it was a choice. And for me, the biggest thing in this trial was everything I'd read in the Bible, everything that I'd listened to, and I said I believed, I had to stand on it and go, okay, God, I have to believe who you say you are. So there was no, like Andre says, you're going to be healed or you're not. You're going to live or you're going to die. I did say, can you just give me an indication? Not that it didn't matter. And he, he didn't. He says, I'll never leave or forsake you. I said, well, that's not fair. Um, so it was, a, it was a faith journey. And it didn't matter whether I was going to live or die because I wanted God to be glorified. Um, put up the next picture, I think. I don't remember what it was. Oh, no, the next one? Oh, you didn't. Oh, okay. Um, after. Then we go to after. So we had to wait 100 days after my transplant. Um, that's a long time. But we made the 100 days, and I'm still in remission after six years. Um, even just the preservative used in the stem cells can lead to long-term complications, liver, kidney, something else, I can't remember. There's never been anything, my annual checkup's fine, um, besides a little bit of old age, cholesterol, and funny other things, like um, chemo-wise and the preservative, there was nothing. Um, for me, the biggest thing is, God came and addressed fear. Like, I don't actually fear anything. I was very anxious before that, and I'd always wonder how this is going to happen and how this is going to happen. So fear, he came and, okay, I won't say eradicated it, but I, I don't actually fear anything. Um, maybe just like silly little things, but big fears are gone. Hope, yo, like actually, I know God, what he did, I can hope in him and he's trustworthy. And then he came and addressed idols in my life those two little blessings. And so in those three months, God showed me, like, I love them. I love them more than what you love them. And so he really, just in my life, he did all of that. Now you can go, the body, the children, the spouse, the unbelievers, like, okay, we should also jump up and go, oh, I want a trial. 
Because if that's bringing the church to Jesus or the world to Jesus, then actually we need to accept it. And if it sounds simple, um, but it was an incredible journey. And I say it every time I share our story, because I believe it's our family story, I would do it again for what it produced in all of us. I would do it again. I loved it. I loved the faith that I could now suddenly, I have to tap into, okay, God, this is what you say. Um, and just like I say, people confessing, like that doesn't happen. And so I saw the Spirit of God move in a way I've never seen. And I believe I will not see it like that again unless I'm in a situation that's going to bring about a faith like that. And oh, the, the picture of the woman touching the, the coat of Jesus, I got a few encouraging letters while I was in hospital. And one of them I pulled out and it was a picture of a woman reaching. And I look at it and I'm like, Lord, really? Is this, you showed me this a year ago. And it was, she had a bleeding disorder. Leukemia is blood cancer. So technically a blood disorder. And it was her faith that healed her. Let me just tell you, I didn't muster up the faith. This was grace on another level. That grace, Paul's grace, this was that that I was experiencing. So actually, accept, and actually God, God will do the rest. Yeah. Uh, um, always when she says that thing of, like, I'll do it again, I get, like, and I think, like, imagine her writing a book saying, leukemia, what an amazing journey. Like, that will never be a top seller. Like, they'll probably hide the book at the bottom. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, so I think, yeah, in closing, like, I always think, like, when we share something, what is the point of sharing it? And I think for me, the, the heart behind this is actually to say, like, and I'm trusting that God would actually come and reveal to us that trials is actually God-given. It's, if we choose the right stance, it's actually an amazing gift. Um, yes, there's pain involved, but I think the, the fruit that it produces afterwards outweighs that so much and I think just for me like one thing that really stood out is um, we used to joke about it but I used to if Nina had a ladies meeting and she'll say by Saturday morning we've got a ladies meeting I'm like well who's going to look after the kids? Me. Um, and God's got a funny sense of humor because then he took her away for three months and I was the sole daddy um, but it has it, it, it created a bond between me and the girls that I don't know if Nina didn't get sick, I don't know what type of a father I would have been. I don't know if I would have been an involved dad. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's so much that he's done through it. So, yeah, in closing, I just want to say I, I really trust, and you yeah, Andre can come close. Um, yeah, but I trust that you guys are encouraged and that it is a thing of actually let's relook at the trials we're going through. Let's grab the trials by the horn and actually let's do this. Um, yeah, thank you. Sure, I, I am encouraged by that story. Um, I, I have a tattoo on my arm that I got when I was 18 years old. And it said, uh, it's John 6 verse 35, um, where Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And if you go down in, in John 6, there's a, 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 in verse 51, Jesus says, if you, uh, if you eat of me, you will live eternally. And for me, I, I, like I got this thing like 12 years ago, and I'm like, oh, it sounded cool at the time. Um, but I recently God highlighted to me, and it's, and it's that thing. It's like if we 
take these trials and we, we do it in God, we will live eternally. And how amazing is it, Nina, you will probably know best, but in that time, even, even if you would die, like Wilma Rea usually say, we as Christians, we don't die, we just fall asleep and we wake up in a glorious place. And I always think, and I, I like, oh Lord, my heart aches for those who must go through those trials without Jesus. Like, they, there's no hope. <laughs> there's no hope apart from a good luck here and there or Facebook um, message or something. So, Father, oh Lord, what a wonderful reminder, Father God, that <laughs> and even, even started with Luca coming to share, not knowing what he was going to share or what the preach is about, but Lord, we sometimes credit the enemy for giving us trials. We kind of say, oh, this enemy is Satan, and then he feels like awesome. But Lord, sometimes more often than we know, it's actually you giving us the trial. It is you using the trial. Lord, I'm friends with the Anthony's, and I can testify that they are amazing people, but they weren't always amazing people. And they didn't make themselves amazing people. It's what you did in them, Father God. It's what you did in them, Father God. And, 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 and Lord, I, we don't want to be a people that are now going to stand on our chairs and say, Lord, test me. But Lord, we want to say that if it's your will, we know that you know best. And we want to say this morning, and, and, and I, don't, I don't want any one of you, you don't have to raise your hands. You, you can just pray this prayer with me because I'm praying this prayer for me. And, and if you agree, then pray this prayer with me for you. Lord, if you choose to use us to test us, if you want to do something amazing in our lives, Lord, be it as it may, Father God, and we will do this in you, Father God. And if there's some of you that are, go, are going through something, I want to encourage you, do it in Jesus. <laughs> and Lord, I want to pray for them, Father God. We are all going through certain stuff and some of, some of us are going through uh, it's, it's a huge degree and, and some of just a little bit more milder, Father, but we all are all going through something. And so, Father, I pray for extra intimacy, extra closeness, extra faith, Lord Jesus. Like Nina said, there are times where you don't feel like praising God. But, Lord, in that times, I, I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and remind us that we are created to praise you. That is why we are here, is to praise you. And thank you, Lord, that you're not just a God wanting praise, like a, a, a almost want to say a pagan God that just wants to be glorified, but you actually come and you bless us. You come wash our feet. You come wipe our tears off our faces. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Pray that in your wonderful name. Amen.